Okay. We can if make you noise. Want to drop the, we can make noise. If you want to drop the bar from overhead and you just had a really exciting lift and you hit a weight that you didn't think you could hit and you just kind of like hell freaking yeah. I want the, all the women to know that your roar of triumph, I'm sitting there going like, yeah, it should not be silent. It should not be silent. Don't be quiet. No, it doesn't. And it's, it's become this thing. It's just like, well, don't drop it. We can't disturb anything. You're there to disrupt. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Thick... Oh, that was too Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> over. so Delilah. Well, it's because I have a cold. <laughs> We've got love songs coming up at 9.30. I'm going to do a little Natalie Imbruglia. I don't know if people outside of New England know about Delilah. Love songs with Delilah on 93.3. People are like, what am I listening to right now? This is a Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast, and uh, we're a lot more badass than Delilah. (laughs) But unfortunately... Ronnie got everyone sick again. <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie. It's the Ronnie illness. Working in the, the summer. Oh, my God. Who gets sick in the summer? You don't sound that bad, though, honestly. I'd tell you if you sounded like Miss B. <laughs> I think it's more, um, this is more my sexy voice. That so. is your sexy voice. Call that 1-800 number. <laughs> <laughs> Not call now for your free read. Not that one. <laughs> Different 1-800. Today's episode is great because it has to do with a little gym etiquette and we get asked a lot of questions uh, regarding gym etiquette and just like a lot of people starting out are sort of concerned with, they want to do the right thing at the Mm -hmm. gym, they don't piss anybody off Mm -hmm. and they want to make sure that they are getting the most out of their hour while being respectful to others. And I think also, I mean, on the getting the most out of your hour, they want to make sure that they're doing the correct movements and that those are going to maximize what their goals are. So we have a lot of questions in the group regarding different things regarding gym etiquette. And we just wanted to tackle one today because we thought it was an interesting question brought up by one of the girls who was asking about dropping weights. So you want to Yeah. I think before we get into the specific question, which was actually a really good one because it incited a lot of conversation and it was like, oh, we definitely need to talk about this because I see it a lot in like ads and stuff. People are kind of, if they've been exposed to one type of exercise, they think that's like the only way that you can do things and then are confused when they see something else. But I also think when people start out at the gym, they not only want to do something right, but the gym sometimes can be a very critical place of et- with etiquette. And you're like, you have to wipe down your machines. You got to like put your weights away or people are going to get pissy about putting your weights away. And kind of how I want to start this a little bit is if you're, if you're a regular gym goer, 
cut people some slack. Really? Relax. I just want to say, like, cut people some slack. You know, if you're just, like, looking out the side of your eye while you're on your on the treadmill machine, whatever, and you see someone, like, not wipe down their, you know, machine, like, it's all right. Don't freak out about it. If you're going to use that next, maybe just wipe it down first. If, Take if, a breath. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> but I, I have found, especially in kind of the global gym setting, and it's kind of been an odd thing to me since I've been in a CrossFit setting a lot. It's it's very different from that. Like you kind of wipe up the spot that you lay on the ground really sweaty after. <laughs> your sweat angel. Your sweat angel. You should wipe up your sweat angel. And that's yes. kind of like where it is. But if you don't and someone else has the mop, they'll come over and do, they'll it, do it for, for you. you. Because we're a family. We're a fitness family. You might be literally still dying and unable to mop up your own sweat angel. Yeah. And that's fine. I got it. I got you. I yeah. got you, boo, because we're all here together working on our goals. And that's one thing that I think that Global Gym... They don't have that community setting. That, Everyone's right. very singular, so but then it kind of separates. could do better it. there, though. Definitely. I think that just because you're not in a group class or working out together under one blasting set of speakers or whatever, I think that people can do better. And I'm going to call for them to do better totally at Global agree. Gyms at being more inclusive mm -hmm. and inviting. Because don't forget, like... So many people are staying home today because they're nervous to go there. A hundred percent. And I think they get really nervous. A lot of people, what I see is they get really nervous. Like they're going to take, they're going to go and they're going to take a weight and they're kind of not sure the movement they're going to be doing. And now they have this weight here and they're like, okay, is anyone looking at me? And maybe they forget to put it away. It's because you're really nervous. When you're nervous, you do forget things. And like, it's when not you're nervous deal. and you think people are looking at you, you might forget to wipe down a machine. Or you might say like, oh my God, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do next and I don't want to look stupid. And, and it just, it kind of blows past you that you, listen, everybody's there to be better, mm -hmm. right? So like side eyes and stuff like that over these really small things overall, uh, I think we can do better as a fitness community to make sure that everyone feels welcome at the gym, whether or not they remembered to wipe down their equipment. If they didn't remember, help them out. Maybe they'll help you out tomorrow if your mind is somewhere else. Yeah. Or if you run away from your weights and you leave them out because something happened or whatever. Yeah, your kid called and yeah, you like, had to run out. Not I mean, a big deal. You got some extra fitness putting someone else's weights away. Yeah. I say that when I put some weights away from people who have left them out, especially as a coach, when you look at the gym at the end of the night, you're like, oh, there's a rower out. There's these weights over here. People were just sometimes just leave them out. They're usually really good about it. If you're in my class, I love you. Usually really good about it. But you look around and you say like, and I'm like, oh, okay. I never even worry about it. Never even worry about it. Because really, these are your people, mm -hmm. right? I mean, the people at the gym are your people and everybody has their own personal struggles to get there. So if they're yeah. there, Let's just applaud them and not worry about and sweat the small stuff. 100%. But the question specifically had was surrounding, and I think we were really surprised at um, the lack of information yes. around this area. And I think you're right. So one of the things that we've seen is sometimes with fitness is that when people get into a certain thing, they think that there is just one way to do things. I think the general message of this podcast has always been that there are so many ways to accomplish a goal and that the most important thing is finding the correct way for you. One that works for you. Yes. There is no one size fits all diet, workout plan. I mean, none of this is, it's all going to be relative to who you are and what you want. But this was sort of weird to me that Okay, so the question was, can I ask a stupid question? Something that's always bugged me 
if you do some lift, why do people sometimes just drop it to the ground? Why not put it on the ground instead of letting it crash down? It seems like it would work extra muscle groups if you put it down instead of just dropping it. So in general, the question is, are you supposed to drop weights? Mm -hmm. And really surprising was the amount of women who came out and said absolutely unequivocally no. There's no appropriate time to drop weights. A lot of people saying that if the weight is too heavy that you can't control it down, that that means you need to back off the weight and work on your form. A lot of women saying that if anything, you, the second half of the movement needs to be slow. So you shouldn't just be dropping a bar and letting it crash down that instead you need to lower it down slowly because that's the most effective way to work out. So, so I think initially I was really surprised with the number of people saying just that. So she, she wasn't reading through exact comments for the second half, but there were a lot, a lot of comments with people saying just that, that the second half of the movement needed to be eccentric and slow and kind of using these ping words, I want to say, that people have heard in in fitness and then putting them into what works for them in that moment. Because, you know, when I hear someone talk about eccentric movement, I'm like, yeah, eccentric movement is a really important, great, great, great way and a great piece of training. That is, that's not every way. That's a small piece of training. Small piece. And does that mean that I don't use eccentric? So eccentric movement is really lowering of the weight. It's the the slow lowering negative. Yeah. So if you were doing, for instance, a ring row and you pulled yourself up to your chest, if you were lowering back down to your initial starting position with your arms out, that lowering movement would be the eccentric piece. If you were doing a bicep curl, it would be the second half where you've already curled it and you're lowering the weight down to the starting position. That's the eccentric movement. Absolutely. So I think that the, the most surprising thing for me with that was how much emphasis was put on eccentric movement. Is it an important piece? Yes, absolutely. Do we incorporate it in a lot of our training? Yeah, with pull-ups, a lot when we're building strength, the lowering down is a great way to build some of that strength, especially if you don't quite have pull-ups yet. Or right, we're on a pull-up program right now, and I have negatives programmed once every two weeks because it's an, it's excellent for making sure that that eccentric part of the movement, especially if you don't have the full strength to pull up your entire body weight yet. It's a great movement to work on building strength. Totally. Yeah. What we're working on there is time under tension, right? So when we're increasing time under tension, hopefully we're working to build those same muscles that is going to get you that pull up or strengthen pull ups if you already have one. So it's not that that is not an important part, but the the most baffling thing I think to me with some of those comments was that that is not the most important part of training and is absolutely not all encompassing when we're talking about training. Now, when you start to think about daily movements and how slowly you do them, number one, you're not always working to build that type of muscle and you're working on fast twitch muscles. It's really not very functional. Let's just be honest. No, I mean, it's not. The eccentric part of a movement is not functional. When I pick up my two-year-old, I do not lower him down slowly on a 10 count. I mean, that's just not functional fitness. It has a place for strength building, but here's the point. 
The opposite of eccentric is the concentric part of the movement. Now that's the contracting and the lifting. So that's like that initial, you're hanging from the bar and you're pulling to start your pull-up. That's concentric. You have a bicep curl and it, your arm is lengthened and you're going to start pulling it up, pulling the dumbbell up. That's the concentric part of the movement. Now, really, we want to work on both, but in most of our everyday life, the majority of movements are concentric. So that means that you are doing them fast. You know, your toddler is running towards the road. You're and using explosive ex power. It's explosive speed and power of the contracting of the muscles to ensure that you can pick something up really quick yeah. or you can get off running really quick or that contracting initially of the muscles. It's interesting to me because sometimes we use strength and power interchangeably. And when we're talking about power output, that is never done slowly. Anytime, if you talk to any type of educated individual, when we're talking about exercise science, you talk about power output, it is an explosive power output. That's why we do sprints and not long distance running. Great. Th those are like a great uh, example for those that don't necessarily understand lifting weights is that when we're working on sprints, we're not necessarily going to be increasing your marathon time. We're looking at power output. In a short period of time, we're looking at power output. So when we do things, and I think what this question was specifically referring to was lifting weights overhead and dropping it. Now, the idea that you should not ever drop weights from overhead, I'm going to answer directly. Of course, you can drop weights from overhead. And because you can't lower a weight overhead back down to the ground does not mean you lack the strength to do so. That does not mean it's too heavy. So if you want to look at like, okay, let's take, we're all in the gym lifting weights. We're all everyday Joes doing our daily fitness just so we can live more productive, healthy, limit-free lives, right? But let's take the professionals at the sport of lifting, okay? And let's see what they're doing because really we want to look at, it trickles down, right? We want to look at what the best of the best in the world are doing. And we want to sort of emulate that on a very low scale of like, well, I'm just trying to be fitter. Mm -hmm. The very best in the world are Olympic lifters and power lifters. Those are the people that are lifting the most weights, world record weights for their weight class and doing, and doing the epitome of what the sport involves of lifting weights. Have you ever seen an Olympic lifter lower the weight back down? Absolutely not. Look at it. You could, you could just Google any Olymp Olympic lifting competition, whatever, maybe a big name, Maddie Rogers, whoever you want to Google real quick, and they would never bring the bar overhead and slowly lower it down. For instance, that's a girl who has over 250 pounds over her head and is absolutely not going to lower it down. How she got it up there was incredible speed, power, and explosive movement. Now to say that she lacks any type of strength is kind of an absurd thing to say. And not this is kind of absurd. That's absolutely <laughs> absurd. You're going to tell an Olympic world-class record holder that because she dropped the bar from overhead that she wasn't strong enough to lift that 
300 pounds over her head? <laughs> yeah. no, no. <laughs> no, 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 she's strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is, this comes from where we kind of get in our bubble and don't really look outside into other types of fitness and realize what people are doing. What are, what are the best of the best doing? And like, maybe I should take a look at that because this has happened some of with the constantly varied gear ads that have gone out and people will see me doing something different, seeing me doing something at a quicker pace or pull-ups is a great example of that using butterfly pull-ups and saying like this girl can't do any pull-ups. That is absolutely not the case. I can strap 50 pounds onto me additionally to my body and still do a strict pull-up. So, but that's when I'm doing butterfly pull-ups. That's not what I'm working on at the time. If I was working on purely strength, I wouldn't be using butterfly. I'd be using strict and I would be adding weight. And that's when I would be just like purely strength building. But when I'm working on an explosive movement with generating power from my hips, which I mean, can we talk about how important that is girl, <laughs> for everyday hits, life? Girl. It's <laughs> all in the hips. There's when you really break down the things that we do on a daily basis, like we have so we're using so much power from our hips. I mean, a kettlebell swing is you talked about that as a great example. But you know, when you're picking up your two year old, when you're picking up your dog, when you're picking up anything off of the ground and doing it well with a nice flat back, you're always generating power from your hips. If you've ever picked up something, a big bag outside, you bring it kind of your thighs and then you explode, you hoist it, you hoist it up with your powerful muscles, which for me, you know, it's coming from my hips (laughs) because that's where you're generating a lot of power. Gymnasts know this. Olympic weightlifters know this. That's what the, why they work on explosive hip movements all the time. Like, let's look at those people and see what they're doing and then say like, no, no, gymnasts, you should probably not use any explosive movements. No one will be doing any backflips. So the thing about, I think that was a great example about lifting something heavy off the ground and how you sort of, like it's really heavy and you sort of bring it to your your thighs first and then you hoist it. Like, listen, at no point in that do you slowly lower it back down. That's not functional. It's not part of everyday life. What you are doing there is relying on explosive power to try to hoist something heavy mm-hmm. up. And so to say that we shouldn't train how we live is sort of ridiculous. I mean, yes, we we know enough about exercise science that we know about enough about the muscles that we know that even though we don't do things in slow motion every day, it is beneficial to sometimes do things in slow motion because it does build extra strength. But really, the majority of your training should reflect how you live. So like if your life involves powerful, concentric, fast twitch movements, then that's also how you should train. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at things like pressing a barbell overhead, right? And we say, okay, we're only going to go up to as much as we can slowly lower down on a three count. Understand that that is creating a ceiling for you that you are never going to be able to see your true power output because what you can do for a concentric movement will always trump what you can do for an eccentric movement every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. So basically, you're sort of limiting yourself. You're saying like, well, I'm only going to work this one part of this 
And my concentric speed is going to lack severely because of that. Mm-hmm. And then like when you go to do things in your life that you need, you need like that. Like your toddler's running towards a pool. And you need a little explosive power to get there. It's not there when <laughs> you call like, on it. These are life. These are very important life things. But that happens when we just look at one aspect of training anything, right? Like we just say like, this is the only way to do things and it needs to be done slowly. And it's like, whoa, 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 back that up. That's, that's not correct at all. And when this question was posed in the group and we we saw several answers and I answered it and said like, Hey, listen, there are many ways to train. And for example, I put a video and I said like, for example, many people have not seen what it would look like to lift, like clean a barbell and put it overhead. And what that would look like, would I bring that back down or like snatch a bar, which is like one fluid motion where it goes overhead. There's absolutely no way that I'm going to lower that back down. That would be more dangerous than just dropping the barbell. (laughs) And it's not what you're working on. It's not what I'm working on. And a lot of, you know, a lot of, you see Olympic weightlifters, as soon as they're done with their explosive part of their movement, they've, you know, it's it's an Olympic weightlifting make, they're dropped the barbell because we're focusing on this piece of our training right now. And we're not trying to add any type of slowly, slow movement that's going to take away from what we're working on right now. We're working on fast switch, explosive power. So we're not going to slow it down. It's the opposite. Important, like you said, sometimes it's easy to get in our bubble and just think that there is one way to do everything. And that's just not true. The more that you can expose yourself to different types of lifting, to different types of power output, speed, balance, agility, Mm -hmm. all of these things are so, so important in your training and they will so serve you in your functional life. Aerobic and anaerobic conditioning. Those are both very important. (laughs) I, I mean, it's really the more you can branch out, I guarantee you the better you'll be. So if you get, if you find yourself sort of stuck in this like routine where you've been doing these, like mostly focusing on eccentric, try to branch out and, and understand that like, maybe you have certain goals that line up better with like eccentric training being a bigger part of your week, but don't lack neglect yeah don't neglect any one part right we don't just lift and never do any like cardiovascular stuff that's not a balanced athlete we don't just do cardiovascular and never lift weights that's not a balanced athlete Mm -hmm. so that's not a balanced life and it doesn't reflect what you're going to need in your real life you're not always just going to need to run 26.2 miles away from zombies without and without being able to hoist you know the mulch the mulch over your shoulder or lift your couch to move it so you can vacuum whatever it is like we need both of these things in everyday life So I think one thing that I want to just hit on is that there are ways to bail a lift or to drop from overhead that are appropriate. And there are ways that are not appropriate. So of course, like everything we want to learn the proper way and technique to do something so that we're doing it safely and effectively. So you've got a bar overhead. Are you going to drop it? So here's the, here's the must haves. If you're thinking about dropping a bar from overhead, first of all, you must have bumper plates on the bar. Okay. If you're lifting with metal weights, you're not dropping any weight. 
So that's why we always recommend when people are building their home gyms and stuff that they work with rubber weights and bumper weights, because again, we want to be able to work that concentric power and explosive speed. And if you're always concerned that you might drop the bar, like who's ever been under a heavy back squat before and been like, not sure if I can stand this up. Mm -hmm. Like if you have metal weights on what happened to you. (laughs) Okay. So we had bumpers, but at our gym at CVG, it's on the second floor. So we have a wood floor underneath our gym. And so we don't drop barbells because just simply because of flooring issues. We don't want the bar to come through to the second floor, to (laughs) To the the first floor, to the first floor with all the leggings. (laughs) Uh, We don't want the bar to crush the leggings. (laughs) So this one time Kelsey was at the gym and she was under a really, really heavy front squat. And I saw your face. Yeah. It wasn't going well. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't going well. You know, sometimes you get underweight and then you like shift a little bit and you're like, oh God, I'm not in a great position to stand up. Now that doesn't even necessarily mean the weight is too heavy in general, but sometimes you just, you shift a little bit and you're like, shit. Sometimes it's just not a great day. It's not having a strong day. Yeah. You know, but like that never, so I I hear a lot of people be like, well, this, this isn't, you shouldn't be under that weight. It's like, no, not necessarily. Sometimes you go down in the bottom of a front squat and you shift a little bit and you're like, I'm not in an ideal position to stand up right now. And I should bail this weight. And I tell, I tell that to athletes as they're learning all the time is I'm like, guys, like if you find yourself and you feel like you lose that tension in your core and you're just bail out of that lift, that doesn't mean I'm not going to let you try it again. You may have just adjusted wrong and we can, we can get in a better position. (laughs) Yeah. And we can work on it again. So yeah, I was, I was in the bottom of a front squat at CVG and we can't drop the weights and it had a significant amount of weight on the bar. To the point where I was like, oh my God, if I drop this, I'm probably going to smash the floors. Um, (laughs) I'm probably going to break these. And so I just kind of like shifted in a like really poor position to stand up the weights because I didn't want to break the floor. And I was like screaming from across the room, (laughs) no, 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 drop that, drop that. Because really... What are we more concerned about, breaking the floor or breaking Kelsey? (laughs) Okay, and this is why I'm always telling people, like, whoa, 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 it's absolutely appropriate to drop weights. Yes. Because sometimes something just goes awry, you know, a butterfly goes by. And you need to be able to get it off of you. And you need to be able to bail. That doesn't mean the weight is too heavy. It just means that you're recognizing, and this is so important for beginners, I agree with you, that they can recognize when they're not in an optimal position. Because when you can start recognizing that, you can start correcting it. Yes. But in the beginning, you can't correct it. You can only recognize it. And you're like, oh shit. And that's when you bail. You got bumpers on. It's totally fine. I typically... Crash bars. Right. Crash bars are great. Because a lot of people sometimes that are in some type of global gym setting, they can't like drop the bars on the floor. So if you can put those crash bars out, they come like protruding from the rack and then the bar can just fall on that. That's what they're there for. A lot of people (laughs) actually don't know what they're... They're not a coat hook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people you do don't see know them and you're for. like, why do those come out? Those, yeah, those are crash bars. That's for, yeah, that's for if you drop the weight and it won't come crashing down on the, on the ground. So yeah, utilize those if you have them at your gym. But we also just want to hit on the fact that there are 
weights that are appropriate to drop from overhead and then there's not weights that are appropriate. So if you just have, say you have the bar with just like 10 pounds. If you have a 35 pound bar. A 35 pound bar. Or a 45. A 35 or a 45 pound bar with 10s on it. And you just have 10, 10 pound bumpers on it. If you drop that from overhead, it's probably going to break the bumpers. You're not going to break yourself, but it's not good for the weight. So if they're yours, you definitely don't want to do that because you pay good money for those. <laughs> if they're the gym owners, you definitely don't want to do that. If you're, you're at the CB gym, <laughs> you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's more of an etiquette thing too, because that's just a lot of weight coming down on the bumpers. Those 10 pound bumpers aren't made to handle that. If you put 15s on the side, they're made to be dropped like that. And then you like going up from there, but they're just not thick enough to handle the weight of the bar coming down. So the other thing that I think is important is that there is a correct way to be able to lift. Yes. And there's so important. It's so underutilized. It's so underutilized. First of all, when people come into the gym and as beginners, and they're going to be working with barbells, I absolutely in their first week, show them how to properly bail a lift. So you have to know how to do this because I have seen people get into a bad position and then not know how to bail, not know how to get the bar away from them. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, like that's, that's a recipe for getting injured. That's when you're going to get hurt. And I think as soon as you teach someone how to do, do how to complete a lift, you need to teach them how to get out of the lift. Equally as important. Equally as important. And I think this has been a a touchy one for me as well, because I've, a lot of women post their, their videos in the group and are unsure of how to bail out of lift. And then they've been going along and not needed to bail. And now they're under a significant load and are unsure how to bail. And I've, and you know, can sometimes throw it over if they're in a back squat over their head. Oh boy. Forward. And that's just, uh, it's a reflection of not being taught properly how to bail out of that's not your fault that's just not being taught properly how to bail out of a lift you go one way the weight goes the other way if the bar is already on your back it's going backwards and you're going forwards you know you're moving in separate directions you want to run away run away yeah and it's <laughs> and it should be in the direction the bar is already going right you don't you know? want to change the bar's direction. Yeah. Right. Because you're already under duress, under a load. So you want the easiest way to you get the You don't try to change the direction it. of a bullet, you know? Exactly. <laughs> you let it go where it's going and you get out of the way. <laughs> so I think one thing that would be helpful is we do have a video of you showing how to bail a lift. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll definitely put that in the Facebook group if you want to, because there's a right way and there's a wrong way. Mm-hmm. And we always want to do things to the safest capability. But here's the thing is just don't think, don't be under the impression in a small bubble that just because you need to bail a lift or you need to drop something from overhead, that that means the weight is too heavy. Guys, I've, what happened to me? I've literally dropped and I've ba- I've had to bail on an empty bar snatch one time. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I was, you were super I don't sore. Know what happened? You, yeah. Or I don't know if there was something on the ground where, like, I'm just gonna make excuses right now. I'm pretty there was sure like we a had rock. just we had just finished a really hard workout and then we're moving on to snatches and it was like you weren't ready. <laughs> Maybe there was a rock. I'm pretty sure it was a rock. Maybe. I, 
I don't know, but I was, I was literally warming up with yeah. an empty barbell. There was no weight on the barbell. Yeah. I snatched 135 guys. Yeah. <laughs> there was no weight on the barbell and I, I just got under it and I was just like, whoa <laughs> and I had to drop the bar that doesn't mean it's too heavy for me I can I snatched, I, I snatched 135 yeah. like a 35 pound barbell is not too heavy for me it just means like I don't know the sun was in my eyes I don't know yeah it was a weird thing so that is a good segue to part of the one of the other gym etiquettes with the tens on though is in any other way unless you're having it <laughs> having a day I had a spasm. <laughs> um, then you don't also want to drop an empty barbell from overhead oh like, no you should have seen the look I got from the cool well, yeah because that's another it's one of the etiquette things when you're taking off the weight on the side of the barbell don't just let the bar smash to the ground you you can see memes where you like I think it's the Muppets where they're like <gasps> they look over with these like crazy faces because Anyone who works love with a barbell. barbell builds a certain respect and love for the barbell. So you don't just drop it all the time. You put it down. And I'm not talking about when it has weights on it, you, you're you're dropping it. But like when the barbell is just by itself, you don't want to hurt it. Don't hurt the barbell. Yeah. You guys get to work together to lift this weight. So if you're working on lifts and you're just learning how to do it and you have an empty bar overhead, don't drop it down. That's when you need to just put it down. It's not working on strength to get it down. You're just like safely putting the bar down. So it doesn't crash. Totally. So hopefully this has been a little bit more eye-opening if you have never worked those sort of explosive lifts before or work to your max capability on like what you can put overhead because really we don't want to be any one trick ponies, right? We're always pushing for more and better and a more complete athlete. And the way to anything is to be the best well-rounded individual you possibly can be and to, and to learn that there's all different ways to do things mm -hmm. and that they all have merits. So, you know, if you haven't explored this sort of part, take a look around your gym, see if there's any bumper plates. Most gyms now, I mean, do. this yeah. should tell you something about where lifting is going. Most gyms now have bumper plates. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are designed to be dropped. That's why they exist. That's why they're bumpers. Yeah. So, I mean, all the Planet Fitnesses are like now getting bumper plates. Like all the, all the global gyms are, are starting to include them. So look around your gym, see if there's any bumper plates. Look, See if you got like a crash bar or a squat rack with a safety bar and start to explore the fact that you might be able to move more weight if you weren't lowering it down slowly mm -hmm. and what that could mean for your fitness, taking your fitness to a next level where you do concentric movements three times a week and eccentric movements two times a week or just being a little bit more all-inclusive. Absolutely. I had something I forgot what it was. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's okay. I Sometimes I get involved in what you're saying and then I forget what it is. Oh, I was going to say, I see this with a lot of runners when they kind of say, okay, I understand I need to build some muscle. So then they get into the gym and then they start to say, well, okay, well, while I'm in the gym, because they're mostly runners, I should just work on that kind of strength, the typical strength building slow movements. And I just wanted to add that no, 
<laughs> you need those explosive movements as well. And I know a lot of the sprinters that I have worked with who have found cleans and being a really explosive, working on barbell cleans, a really explosive movement have, that's just the, across the board, the sprinters are like, okay, I'm, I, I have to include cleans in my training. And just for, I mean, anyone who is working to be an all around good athlete, but just if you want to improve your jump, you're looking on explosive movements. Yeah. If you want to get better at box jumps, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's, the it's best everything. possible yeah. thing you can do is concentric explosive movement and with and that power output, because that's, I mean, when you really look at the things we do in our life, running, jumping, lifting, they're all done at a high power output and a fast speed. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't it? No, it wasn't it. Oh. I just went with it. Oh. I think that dropping the barbell overhead has been kind of given this macho. It's kind of been given this like reputation. That's what I saw from a lot of the comments. That's the vibe I kind of got was that like the only reason why you drop it overhead is to make a big crash noise and to be like, rawr. And sometimes yeah. when I drop the bar from overhead so what? and it's a heavy <laughs> no, I'm weight, joking, I'm, joking. I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah. You know, and I just want to say like in both ways, one, it is absolutely at times necessary to drop the bar from overhead without having some type of like victory roar that is happening on the inside. And sometimes you're doing your victory roar and guess what? That's okay too. Okay. We can if make you noise. Wanna drop the, we can make noise. If you want to drop the bar from overhead and you just had a really exciting lift and you hit a weight that you didn't think you could hit and you just kind of like hell freaking yeah I want the all the women to know that your roar of triumph I'm sitting there going like yeah it should not be silent it should not be silent don't be quiet no it doesn't and it's it's become this thing it's just like well don't drop it we can't disturb anything you're there to disrupt. <laughs> right. Let's go. So do you, you know, and I think that comes back to just the, we'll ease up, everyone ease up on your judgments. Pump the brakes on the judgments when you're looking around at the gym. The gym is our family. Love everyone there. And if you would like to get a visual on how to properly bail out of a barbell movement, get in the group fitness programming by CBG. Kelsey will put up a video of her just demonstrating the correct way. So, and to see any of the movements we're talking about, I know a lot of women listening to us are like, I don't know what that is or what that would look like. Come in the group. We'll show you. Yeah. And expand your mind this week. Yeah. Have All right. We love you. Have a great time at the gym. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, head over to the Facebook group and take part in our free weekly workouts for a chance to win some badass gear. Search Fitness Programming by CVG on Facebook. We're in there every day. It's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. See you next week. Crush your goals.